grace and peace, you're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a ministry devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians think better about race in a way that is biblical and helpful, clear and hopeful. You can learn more about our work at youwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. I'm Austin Suter, one of the hosts, joined by Isaac Adams. How you doing, Isaac? It's too hot in Birmingham. You didn't tell me it was going to be this way when we were talking about moving here. I knew you wouldn't have moved here if I didn't. No, I wouldn't have, and now I resent you. <laughs> Which is the normal state of affairs. So uh, not much has changed. I'm doing well. How are you, bro? I'm doing well. Good to see you. Wanted to talk today about ethnic diversity within local churches. So you are the pastor of a local church. Uh, this is true. Iron City Church in Birmingham, where it's too hot, and where we are now members. So you are, you are my pastor. So Iron City Church, Isaac, is a white church or a black church? Wow, just uh, full of nuance today, uh, you are. Um, Always. <laughs> uh, well, so, let me say this. It depends on who you ask. And I think this is a, actually, this isn't a cop-out. It's a useful caveat because I think we need to recognize for some people they are in the most diverse church they have ever been in. Some members of Iron City, you're saying? Yeah, some members of Iron City. Uh, and that was my experience at Capitol Hill, too. This is the most diverse church they've ever been in. And so to them, it seems like a multi-ethnic church. And, you know, the kind of working definition, uh, at least among sociologists and kind of the multi-ethnic conversation is a multi-ethnic church is one in which no, eth- no one ethnicity makes up more than 80% of the membership which in my mind is frankly kind of a low bar. That's a low bar. Yeah, and I'm like, and it's just, let's be really clear, it's not in scripture. So some people are, I think an average person would walk into Iron City and say, this feels multi-ethnic, especially in Birmingham. Yeah. yeah. Especially in Birmingham. And now we're in, a, you know, Birmingham. UAB is, I think, the most racially diverse college in the nation. I keep the, hearing that. Yeah. So we're in a specific area, um, that's really diverse and hopefully that's reflected more and more of our church. But I think if you found a black brother who grew up listening to, you know, a B3 and all black church, you walk in this thing and you're like, this is a white church dog. So like, you know, it depends on who you ask. A B3 is an, an organ. Yes. Yes. A musical thank instrument. Thank you. Not often found in white churches. <laughs> Certainly. Yes. Thank you for the translation there. So it depends on who you ask. Yeah. So we have this category of churches that we consider intentionally multi-ethnic. Yeah. Is that every church and should it be? Great question. Uh, certainly every church should say they welcome any ethnicity, but because racism is so is a sin that has been so deeply rooted in how our nation is even set up it means you have homogenous communities that were built that way by intention and remain that way even if that's not the intent of the people who live there and whom jesus bled for and so and certain to put it differently you're going to have homogenous churches in certain communities now the obvious kind of caveat to this is we're not talking about different churches around center around different languages so a chinese church is going to speak chinese and guess what you're going to have mainly chinese people there Uh, you know kenyan church might speak swahili like we can keep going with examples um so that 
being barred. Churches, you're going to have churches in homogenous communities, but you're also going to have churches in communities like ours that are more diverse and hopefully reflect the community. So I think a good aspiration for a church is to reflect its community, recognizing that its community might look a certain way for some really sinful and sad reasons. You brought up the sociological statistics and sort of that definition of a multi-ethnic. Wait, 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 sorry, sorry. The, uh, I didn't answer your second question, so I'm cutting you off. Uh, just on the should every church be? Now, that's an interesting question. One I've wrestled with is like, I've a- honestly asked myself, do American churches have a responsibility to integrate? We certainly took, resp- we certainly took responsibility in segregating. I mean, churches were voluntary associations, and that's why they were often the last line of resistance to federal mandates for integration, because a church, unlike a public school, which is federally funded, you know, or state funded, whatever it is, uh, the government can't tell a church to integrate. And so you had racist churches in the state that we live in say, we're not going to do that. And, you know, I think this is where Jamar is right, that uh, the only reason... um, there is a black church because of the white church that kicked them out. And so do we have a, what is our responsibility in undoing that? And, you know, as I've prayed of and thought about it, I don't think the responsibility is black church stop meeting, white church stop meeting and integrate. I don't think that's prescribed or required, though I've heard of that. And I think that's a wonderful thing if churches want to do that. But I think it, it does impend upon us to, I think we have a responsibility to carry out John 13, 35. This is how the world will know you are my disciples by the way you love one another. What does that mean for how we do church and with the church across the street? What does that mean for our fellowship? If Jesus is not enough for us to sit in the same pews, what can we do to demonstrate we actually don't hate each other? We actually don't just tolerate each other. We love each other in a way the world can only say, yeah, those Christians disagree with them until the cows come home on lots of things. But man, they sure do love one another. And to tie this back to your sociological definition, which I appreciate you bringing up, although I was going to and you stole my thunder again. Mm. I want to just, again, we sound like a broken record, highlight the work of Derwin Gray on this topic because he defines multi-ethnic church or or advocates for a model of multi-ethnic church, which is not so much statistical as it is a function of attitude. Hmm. In I that, think that's useful. Isn't it? Yeah. I, yeah, I mean... He because just, you can't control statistics are out of your control like as but keep going well no, it just goes back to what you were saying earlier which is if a church is welcoming and has done thinking about diversity even perhaps before it has become ethnically diverse that's going to have a welcoming feel lord yeah. willing yeah yes in a way that trying to reverse engineer statistics won't well and that's and that's what i'm getting is the reverse engineering of like okay we want to be multi-ethnic so we're going to Hire diversely, even these though these people don't believe half the things we believe, and I've seen that go south real quick. Yeah. Uh, or we're going to hire someone who our church is not ready to support, and it's actually that brother or sister and their family and their family who pay the price for that. It's like we we want to make our church diverse, so we'll just hire it out. Now, hear me. I think hiring is a good thing done well and right. Right. I think that was some of Iron City's ambition. Um, and hiring me and some of the even hire other hires Lord willing we've done, but man, people are people and they move and positions change. You just can't control the statistics. And if you're trying to just be diverse for that sake, I think that's superficial. I think it's wrong headed because 
uh, you really are no different than the college down the road who has this like, look at our brochure. We're so diverse. <laughs> right. And it's like, we all know that's a Photoshop picture. And like those people are just paid to be in the picture. They don't actually love each other. So there's that. And even beyond that, you know, I think it's true. It's like, I want a church understanding the concepts of justice and mercy and love. And if they're homogenous, they're homogenous. And I'm actually fine with that. This, if this white church over here thinks well about race and justice, like, God bless them. If this black church thinks well about God bless them. So I think that that kind of thinking and culture and attitude is more important than just what our website looks like. Totally agree. And once again, we point to the work of Derwin Gray. Do you think it's a fair statement that many evangelical Christians and Christian churches desire ethnic diversity within their local church? Yes. Do you think it's a fair statement that when most people think of increasing their ethnic diversity within their local church, they are thinking of adding non-white folks to a mostly white church? Yes. Is that wrong? Yeah, that's wrong. Why? Because it assumes... So to be clear, what I'm saying is wrong is thinking... The, the only way to do diversity is to make us more diverse. Take a mostly white church and add some color. Yeah, I think that's wrong-headed because that's diversity only on your terms. So you could you could have a diverse church real quick. Change churches. Like white brother, sister, you can go to a predominantly, a faithful predominantly African-American church, faithfully predominantly Hispanic church, you know, you know, if, if the language barrier isn't there, um, and that church will be diverse in a very different way for you. And it actually might be a very healthy thing for you to know and feel like what it feels like to be the minority, to put it differently. Uh, the trend in kind of multi-ethnic churches is racial minorities coming to white churches not the reverse. And I think that's problematic because what it's kind of communicating is we want diversity, but we want it on our terms. We want y'all to come to us. We won't come to y'all. And that's why I think that's why I'm asking that kind of, do we have a responsibility to integrate? Because if it's just come and make my kingdom more diverse, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's certainly not the only way to think about it. And I fear we kind of just assume that and yeah, we just want to be more diverse. So come. Yeah, to us. and we're not criticizing majority white churches who want to become more diverse. We're just saying not at all. the perspective on diversity should be broader than just that approach. Yeah, because we're all on the same team, and it's not just about my church and making my church more diverse. Uh, you know, so I think Mark was a really good example of this. He wasn't kicking all the white people out of Capitol Hill. Baptist, but he did stand up one Sunday and said, hey, are you driving past a faithful black church and coming here? And if so, why? That's just, you know, very Devarian. He just left it as a question. This is Mark Dever, pastor of Capitol Hill Baptist, encouraging people to join churches closer to them. Right, exactly. And that might be a faithful black congregation. So Mark's out, you know, preaching, doing a conference somewhere at this sister church, the predominantly black church. a predominantly black congregation and he looks up and two of his church members are there he's like whoa what are you guys what are you guys doing here they're like oh we we joined this church we we love it here and he was like really and they're like well yeah i mean you said like and so i think that's just a kind of a wonderful example right of you know capitol hill is going to still feel predominantly white but hopefully there are more and more folks thinking oh if i want diversity I don't just have to wait for folks to come to me, which is 
for a whole host of reasons, maybe not going to happen all that quickly or soon. And you mentioned some dangers that can happen if your only vision for diversity is is making white churches slightly less white. One is diversity on majority culture terms. One mm-hmm. is a danger to the families of or staff of those who are brought in as as you know as tokens. Yeah, in some situations, yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean, another is just marginalizing the perspectives of minority folks who do join because if they're always going to be limited in number and limited in voice then they're brought in in some ways just to assimilate yeah and you know it's tough because every church there's a predominant culture in every church you just can't get it to say we're all cultural is to lie it's just false advertising icc has a culture you know and culture is a really tricky thing right it's age it's class it's you know, ethnicity, all these things blending into one another. But one other danger I would add is, you know, diversity is a diamond and there are lots of facets to that diamond. I think the brightest or depending on how you look at it, most tarnished facet is that of race and ethnicity, which is why I think, you know, we will have a particular power to our love if it's across racial lines, given how those lines and those walls have been so high in a way that if you have a church full of introverts and extroverts, it's like, well, that's not that impressive. I mean, praise God, they get along. But that being said, there's lots of facets to diversity. And if we just flatten it to race only, well, we're ignoring socioeconomic class at that point. We're ignoring, you know, true personality types, but we're ignoring age at that point. Like Iron City would be the first to admit we need to grow in our diversity of age. So not just so it will feel it will feel more multi-ethnic and young to a visitor than it would of like oh they've got a good diversity of life stage here right. and we're the we're you know I'm trying to think of the opposite term of beneficiary we're feeling the cost of not having a lot of people with gray hair or no hair and so I just want to I think another danger in this is yeah diversity on your own terms and flattening it to be like. Well, I just want diversity and one, I mean, yeah, less than diversity. I just want people thinking really well about justice and mercy and faithfulness. And it's just, diversity can just be, I just want this to feel better about myself. Right. And that's, you know, how do I know I'm doing that versus like a godly de- desire that's birthed out of Revelation 7 and where we're all headed, you know, heaven is a racist hell, right? So uh, that's tough, you know. So you mentioned our friend Mark encouraging his members to if they're driving past a faithful church that's, you know, majority different culture than theirs, consider joining it. Do you think you would encourage people in that same way? Yes. How might that challenge them? Well, it would challenge them because they'd say, Isaac, but we love you and we love this church. Uh, And I think they're only being honest Christians then. And I want to be clear. There's no Bible verse saying they must. And that's another reason why, diversity is hard in that sense because it's not prescribed right i'm trying to be careful in saying if we're going to say churches have a responsibility to shut their doors uh and integrate in some kind of frankly arbitrary way right we better have a really clear book chapter and verse on that one. and we don't and we don't um but it'll challenge people because it'll challenge them to think of why why is my bar for church so high that Clearly, I have some things that I want out of a church that this other church doesn't give me. And then sometimes those are good things. And sometimes those are just comforts. 
And to be a Christian is to, on some level, choose as Jamie Dunlop, a friend of friend of ours, pastor of our former pastor of ours, would say, is to we need to choose Christ over comfort. Yeah, and he wrote that for us. Right, I mean, that was he in did. an article. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie. Show notes. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's how it would challenge that person. And to be clear, I wasn't necessarily thinking of members of this church. I was thinking listeners of the podcast. Should they consider joining a church where they would be the ethnic or cultural minority? So you said how that might challenge them. How might it bless them? Oh, man. I mean, you know, when your relationship with someone is, when it's based on similarity, it's like, it's going to be deep. But you know, it's deep because we're like, hey, we like the same baseball team and we like Jesus. But when we get together, we like baseball and we like Jesus. Or we talk about baseball and maybe we'll talk about Jesus. But when it's like, hey, all we have is Jesus in common, you see the thickness of the bond. Where it's like, and like like anyone who's experienced different cultures in a positive way, it's like, there's a different world and it will just challenge you. You know who I find to, you know, there's all these critics of wokeness and things like that. You know who I are rarely find to be those people? Missionaries. That's a good point. It's so interesting. And they're not, they ain't woke. Like I'm thinking of some of the most bland people who are faithfully serving the Lord overseas, but what they know, what they understand is what it's like to be a minority, what it's like to be in a culture that is not your own, what it's like to, to feel the self-consciousness of it all. And it, that's just been interesting to me over the years. One other comment I want to make. I do want to give what I think is a useful and I hope a graceful word of why the trend to uh, multi-ethnic churches, why that trend goes in one way, minorities coming to predominantly white churches and not the other way. It's kind of like the trade language in Africa or pick your, pick your nation where it's like the trade language is English. So like everybody speaks English. So uh, what I'm saying is minorities are more used to operating in a white world than whites are used to operating in a minority world. I'm not saying- That's certainly true. And I'm not saying that's right, but what I'm saying is that will produce like, oh, I can go, and, you know, it's kind of, I forget what comedian said this, maybe Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle. He was like, all my black friends got tons of white friends, tons of them. All my white friends got one black friend, right? So it's just like, Minorities are then used to, oh, I can come to this white church more easily because it's frankly like my place of work than a white brother and sister, which I think is makes a white brother and sister laying down their own comforts that much more powerful, actually, because you really don't have to. Can it be done poorly? Totally. All things can be done poorly, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, listen, no one is saying go to a gospel denying church because you want to be diverse. Uh, and no one is, you know, it can be done poorly, but I find that there's so many white people who are worried about being colonizers when they show up to a black church or something like that. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're just not that important in that <laughs> church. You're just, you're just not going to change. You and your family are not going to change the culture of that church. And I think they'd welcome you with open arms. Yeah. And to be clear, we're not saying that a white person should go join a black church and immediately tell them everything they think they're doing wrong. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing, and like, you know, we wanted, it can also be done poorly in assuming that the only kind of diversity there might be is white black of, sure. you know, I think Iron City, we have an ambition to not just be black, white, 
diverse, but to be more than that, you know? So praise God, we're hiring a brother uh, who's leading us in music, it's Guatemalan. Like, I love that. It's not even what I had planned, you know? I think I, and so, you know, given Birmingham's history, we have certain hopes of the white, black, and divide and a unique history that in context we're in. But I think we want to, um, yeah, we want to think well about that. We mentioned earlier in the episode intentionally multi-ethnic churches, but not every church is that or aspires to be that. Should someone join a church trying to push them in that direction if that's not what the church or church leadership wants? Probably not, because if if you're not in leadership, it's going to be really hard to move the needle. And that's a pretty you know, I'm having, but I'm having a hard time. In, like, I'm sure if I joined a church and said what you just said, any leader in most churches would be like, "Oh, we love that." But it's a, it's a matter of emphasis, and it usually comes down to that. It's like, so probably not. Okay, so with all these caveats aside about how to do it or how not to do it or whether they should, is there any final encouragement you would offer a white brother or sister thinking about joining a church where they would be the ethnic minority? Pray about it. <laughs> pray about it get get some good counsel um it's a tough thing but i'll say i think i I say this somewhere in talking about race i think the kind of progress we want to see we all want to see genuinely white brothers and sisters black brothers and sisters asian hispanic it's not going to happen until we all start going to each other's churches and i i praise god for the work that is going on in predominantly white churches but Predominantly white churches are a small slice of the kingdom. You know, it's just so easy to, like, I mean, when I go to Africa, they're having this conversation just on a whole different level. They're all dark-skinned, but they're different tribes, literally tribes. Luo, Kikuyo, uh, you know, I have that episode. We have got a couple episodes from uh, my travels in Africa that I think would, a white brother or sister would benefit from listening to, you know, just thinking about that. So... Yeah, I just in recognizing that it's not all about your own church and life is really short and, you know, go where you can love Jesus. Yeah, I've just got a whole muddle of thoughts, but no, that's some good closing encouragement. Would you have any exhortations you'd give? I mean, I feel like we say this in every episode, but I, I hope wherever you end up in church and, you know, wherever you see yourself serving and learning and growing just you know just be humble about it you know don't assume that you're going to be the answer to every church's every problem you know not that you don't aspire to serve and not that you're you know don't have value in the kingdom but well and sorry okay and i have two other thoughts one would be you're gonna look like a fool at times and there's no it's a hard thing to do if this kind of integration and love were easy, we would have figured it out by now. But we're not going to undo centuries of segregation and pain and injustice overnight or probably even in our lifetimes. But it's just you're it's hard to do. So you just you run the risk. It's kind of like love. You run the risk of looking like a fool at times because it's like I'm putting myself out there. I'm being vulnerable and I want to encourage people who feel like I just feel like I look like a fool right now. The other encouragement I would give um, is that unity, this kind of unity and diversity, like we've given all the caveats, but like, I just want to be clear, these are good things to aspire to. Amen. And, and, you know, you go to Iron City Church website, 
I think like we call them pillars. We have four of them. Uh, and two of them are unit. One of them is unity. The other one's diversity. That's what we want to be for. And what I tell people is like, man, like, but I think you come to our church. It's like, man, it's, uh, I'm sure it's not the most impressive thing you've ever seen, but this is an aspiration. And I want to keep dreaming for it and working for it and praying for it and hopes that, you know, someone who grew up in segregated Birmingham will see that there's something different going on here. Amen. And at least these, you know, 250 white sinners are happy to sit under a black man's preaching. So, you know, it's just, I'm just going to keep doing that and living that kind of life. Does that make sense? That does. I think that's honestly a great way to end. Excellent. Do you want to open us in prayer? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Father, um, as a pastor of a church, I think of just my own congregation, Lord, and pray that you would give us humility in the pursuits of unity and diversity. Lord, we thank you that Christ has secured that at the cross, that he has made one new man. And Lord, we're to maintain that unity. And Lord, we know, uh, like the Apostle Peter, we sometimes and so often live out of step with the gospel. So, Father, we pray that you would help us to live in step with the gospel as regards ethnic unity and harmony uh, and living that out and pursuing it. Lord, for those of us who need to be a part of a church in which we are the minority, move us there, Lord. For those of us who need to stay and help move the needle of our own churches, keep us there, Lord. Lord, we don't have the wisdom for this matter. And so we ask you, trusting that you are happy, as James says. You are not stingy with wisdom when we ask for it. So, Lord, we ask that you purify our motives in our asking. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, we just pray for listeners who might be considering these things for the first time, or perhaps it's been bouncing around in their heads for a while. Lord, we just pray for wisdom, for clarity of motive. Um, As Isaac just prayed, Lord, we ask that you help folks examine why it is they want to stay or why it is they want to go and that they would be doing either of those things for the right reason. Pray that you would relieve people of false guilt if there's some arbitrary ideal they think they need to be living up to or that their church needs to achieve. Lord, we just pray that you would um, just continue to do this kind of work in people and in churches to undo the effects of centuries of racism in this country and to show that your gospel which reconciles us to you and us to each other is more powerful than anything in this world. We ask that in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Friends, thank you so much for listening. You can find more about our work at youwepray.com. Grace and peace. <laughs>